There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. No music at all. Right. Okay. That's how we do it. We're back. Well, I, I can't even remember. This is the first segment, which usually we're done with the first segment by now, but today uh, is stretch, stretch and Sandy water. ruined it all. They ruined everything. It's Tom the Midas, Midas touch. It really is. <laughs> remember, remember I used to say Terry had the Midas touch, that, which in, in, in that context meant that every time we were going well, she'd put the brakes on it. Well, that would be semi-true. <laughs> but in any case, Mike Gelfand is in studio with us here. Catherine's here. Andy, Cassie. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We're talking to Mike about, uh, 
we're going to do we're going to do a, a segment uh, about a forty five minute segment on this show at some time. Maybe next Wednesday would be the day, and then uh, obviously it'd be be played here. But then it'll be played on the KQ Morning Show as well. Because Mike, you still I, do people still bring up the show to you? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. They just people stop me and they tell me how much better the show is without me. No, I don't think that's it's, true uh, in the least. <laughs> I'm pretty, I, you know, I never believe anything good people say about me. It's best not to. Well, that's, I think you you're got probably got that right. in common with Andy. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm probably right about it. It's true. very easy to dismiss that. Yeah, I don't know. It it it, it was such an odd thing because I I remember when when I was Catherine and I were living in New York and you know came back here for the weekends uh, when I got the call and Dave said, "Do you wanna do you wanna come back and do the morning show at KQRS?" We had just found out Andy was going to be born in October. So I thought, well, yeah, we can't raise a kid at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. So I said, yeah, I can come back and do that. And then I got a call from the general manager who said, if we're going to do this, you have to commit to at least six months. And now 33 years <laughs> yeah. later. Six months? Yeah, six months. Well, six months in radio time, that used to be oh, you know, yeah. a big deal. used to be a very big deal. Um, all the people... Uh, People should understand this. At the, at the very first, the very first show was uh, Dan Colhane, who's the nicest man in the world. Yeah, I don't see Dan much nice anymore, guy. but I still hear his voice a lot. Yeah. Dan was a very nice guy, or is a very nice guy, I should say. Um, then we had Mark Rosen. I, I ran into Mark Rosen uh, at uh, Frank Vassalero's mother, Rosalie's uh, memorial. Mm-hmm. And he came over and gave me a big hug and actually teared up and said, God, I miss doing that show. That show was amazing. Then you were on it. I was on it. Um, and Lee Valsvik. Lee Valsvik was the was the woman on the show. The oh, time. yeah, that was that was even before I, I oh, was. Oh, that was before you. Yeah, and I was there almost from the beginning, but not quite. Yeah, you were. Yeah, absolutely, you were. But I remember doing that show, and it was so much fun doing that thing, and it it, it exploded immediately. Well, that was, was the thing amazing. about it. It was just the force of nature. You know, I'm, I'd been I'd been working at the at the newspaper, and when I worked at the when I worked at the newspaper, you know, I had a column, and I kind of yeah, it was it was kind of kind of high profile. M. Howard. M. Howard. Damn right. And then I go over to radio, and like in three days, more people recognize me than did in ten years at the newspaper. Three days it took, seventy-two hours. I I still cannot. I remember seeing you the very first time I actually did meet Mike. He didn't know me, but you had a head injury of some kind at a Twins game. <laughs> at the Twins game. What was that again? Well, I was very excited to go to the game as you were too. Yeah. Yep. Twins were in the pennant race. Yeah. And uh, and so I was rushing into my my apartment to uh, grab some stuff so I could get out there. And there was sort of a, a little overhang by the entrance. And I, I, I somehow, I, at five, six, I don't know how I did it, somehow I scraped my head. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, and I, I like, so I had to go get stitches. <laughs> and I'm saying to these guys in the, in the ER, hurry up, I, I got tickets to the game. And so I'm still like oozing, and I got like this towel you over towel my head. You had a towel on your head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did have yeah. a towel. Well, yeah, it's true. People thought it was an Arab, and um, <laughs> well, you know, semite. Well, know. yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't have the swarthy thing. No, you don't have the swarthy no. thing. You're right about that. So there I am at the game. We don't know each other, but we're sitting like three rows apart. 
And I'm saying, you know, who is that dickhead who keeps yelling insults to the Angels outfielders? Mm. See, I wonder who, I, I wonder who I that didn't really was. Say I have that. a guess. I didn't really say that. I but I guess. do remember, I do remember, <laughs> was it Joe Rudy? Was that the guy who Joe was? Rudy. They were putting his name up in cups in the left field wall. Yeah, the left field wall. It was phenomenal. And like Joe Rudy is glaring at you. You're, oh, yeah. You're yelling personal insults at him. So that's actually uh, how we first became aware of each other. That is true. That's absolutely true. And you hated my guy. I think. No, no. Who is no. that a-hole? I thought it was funny. Somebody, because the left field wall, well, the entire ballpark out of Metropolitan Stadium had chain link fence, yeah. like, cyclone right. fence around the top of the walls. Yeah. So some guy was taking beer cups and inserting them in the little, you know, the little diamonds, oh, the right. cyclone sure. fence. Mm-hmm. So it eventually, at, at the end of a double header, it was, as a matter of fact, it said, Rudy sucks. <laughs> 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 it was fantastic. You may have ushered oh, in great. You may it have ushered in this great. era of of uh, polarization at the ballpark. Uh, I don't know what this means. Go to eleven. What? Oh, because you started the clock thing. a little late. Yeah. So. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thanks very much. <laughs> so that I'm sitting here and there's a there's a digital clock mm-hmm. and it's it's counting down the minutes and I'm thinking. It's kind of like my life, you know. Yeah, that's point. our that's our life clock right there. It's yeah. just counting down the minutes left, and uh, well, well you'll notice it's going up. That's because I age in reverse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like my life is at this point is like a soccer game that's in penalty time. I know I don't have much time left, but I just don't know when it expires. Well, that's good. That's good. Isn't that better? It's better. Well, I'm just realistic. It's like L.A. Nick, who's uh, constantly talking about how many months he has yeah, he, left. He has 268 months. Yeah, he's months. convinced he knows the day he's going to die. He's, he's never said how. Well, he's Italian, so he might be a little superstitious. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Just he he rolled some charred animal bones. and. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly That's what happened. Right. But it's... It, uh, Honestly, looking back on that whole thing and how stressful it was and how great it felt and, and the rest of it, uh, it's, and it, like I said, the show continues to this day doing very, very well, yeah. and, and that's really nice. People are, last night, Catherine and I went to uh, to Costco, and I got a new card. Andy, you got your card? Yep. Okay. Melissa and was very excited about that. The two hi- of the guys. highlight of Tom's life now is going to Costco. <laughs> I love Costco. Yeah. I do. I mean, you know. Things have changed. But- <laughs> I, you know, I found out very early that basically, you know, I'd, I'd never be admitted to any country club. And what really humbled me was... I finally got a membership to Sam's Club, but, oh. it, was, but it was only a social membership. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't buy anything. No, you could no. just stand by and watch. Well, I could go to the snack bar. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. No, the snack no, bar the, is not the, bad. The Costco area, they've got like these giant chicken roll things for like a dollar fifty oh, or yes, something. Oh, yeah. It's They're crazy. very popular. Yeah. <laughs> They're very popular. Chicken roll things. It's like a... Like a wrap? No, it's oh. like a... Bread shell with chicken and stuff in it. What oh, do you call that? Sandwich. No. <laughs> oh, like like chicken cordon bleu type of. Oh. Am I? That's pretty fancy. Let's for, Google uh, that and then tell you. Costco, yeah. Yes, like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kinda. When I when I oh, when I get I even when I get even older, I'm not gonna mall walk. I'm just gonna walk into Costco or or uh, or Sam's Club, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna walk. 
as far as the toilet paper. That's about a mile walk, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. about a mile. So yes, I walk to the toilet paper, then I leave. Then right? you go walk, home, you got a couple mile of miles back. in. I see people just good. sitting on the furniture for, you know, the whole time I'm there. They're just sitting on the furniture. I'm like, do they come in here just Squatters. Sit? Well, I, I fell asleep in one of those anti-gravity chairs at Sam's Club. <laughs> I laid in it. I'm like, this is comfortable. And I'm all of a sudden, I just started dozing off. Did you buy it? One. Sounds no. like you probably should have. I know, I should have. You know, Anti-gravity chair. One thing I really, really miss, and Andy, you probably don't even remember this, is back in the day. So you were, God, probably nine, ten years old, maybe eleven. You and Mike Gelfand would sit and have these conversations about things, and it was just wonderful to watch. Oh, right. to this day, yeah, we too. still have a lot of things in common. You yeah. do absolutely. Yeah. You do. We even look the same. Yeah, you kind of do look. Yeah, you do look the same. To I, I, I don't see Mike, that one. Yeah, you're gonna have to answer for that. Why does my son look like you? Uh, you know he doesn't. That's all I can say. <laughs> he doesn't. He's a little better looking. You, you do have more hair than me. So. Well, we're about the same there. Yeah. <laughs> We've been but then Andy. again, all of your brothers basically yeah, have the same got, amount of hair as me. You got their hairdo. Yeah. You know, my dad had a he had a full head of hair. You know, when he died sure, at, yeah. at 91, Lou Gelf still had a full head of hair. And I, I always said from his example that that baldness and humor skipped a generation. <laughs> mm, well, possible. Uh, at least with him, you know. But it was really uh, true. His dad, his dad was bald and had a great sense of humor. My dad didn't quite connect with mm. humor. He relied very, on his hair. Yeah. Very serious man. When was your grandpa? Ombudsman. That might have something to do with. When would he have been born? Your your dad's dad. Well, let's see, you know, most of those Jews who came to this country, they came in about, came in about two, right around 1900, maybe from yeah. like t- up to, up to 1903. Oh, so he was too old to get drafted into World War II. Uh, well, you, you, when, when you were a Jew in the shtetl, most of them were in the min, in Minsk, right. you were, you were never too young, especially to be drafted, and that meant you'd be there 10, 15 years, and you'd probably mm. starve to death. The Jews, and if, 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 you had a, if you had a brother who escaped and went to America, then you had to serve his tour of duty as yeah. well as your yeah, own. That's right. So you could be conscripted right. for 20 years. Mm. So that's why so many just kept leaving to escape the czar and conscription. So he must have been born in about 1888. Wow. Wow. That's when my grandmother was born. Mm-hmm. 1888, absolutely. Yeah. And my dad was born in 1922. My mother and father were born in 1920. Yeah. So there you go. Same I mean, generations. Same, same generations. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie called The In-Laws. I believe it's in the movie The In-Laws where a Jewish man goes to the dentist. Mm. And there's some <laughs> suggestion that he do something with a tooth or whatever. And he goes, my God, man, we're living in 20th century New York, not 19th century Minsk. <laughs> <laughs> It was phenomenal. A great line. Most people would not understand that line. Well, you know, back in uh, in the Stalin era, the uh, people just had steel teeth. Yeah, right. <laughs> like everything Stalin, everything was steel. Steel. steel that's what teeth. Stalin means is steel. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, people don't good. really. That's good. I don't think they know that. I'm impressed by that. Well, I, thank you. I, I didn't know that till recently. He's been holding on to that nugget. I get out of the like house once in a while now. Bring that up. I mean, that's another thing that you 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 know and that not a lot of people know. I literally I didn't I didn't even leave the house for about twenty years. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was hiding. I mean, I, I went to dinner with you and all that stuff, but I didn't go out in public at all for about twenty years. 
Well, you, know, you kind of you come from a line of agoraphobics, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Grandma I mean, totally was, yeah. To, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting how that's just in the DNA. I remember she wouldn't walk on grass. She didn't like grass? <laughs> I can't be walking on grass. There'll be none of that. She, well, she was like, she'd like go the long or way around. She just didn't want to walk on grass. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But she didn't like escalators. Well, growing up in like Creighton Avenue, there were always signs telling you not to walk on the grass. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very, very you don't true. You don't see that so much the, anymore. She grew up in Long Prairie. I'm guessing there was some grass walking back then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably a little bit. Probably, probably a little bit. It's probably, probably had true. To. But looking back, it's interesting. Like when I saw you last week, and because I hadn't seen you in a long time. Yeah. I hadn't seen Mark Rosen in a long time. Marianne Sullivan came in. Just she was walking wow. past the uh, downtown at the Itasca building. Couldn't have been nicer. Very pleasant woman, I Marianne she Sullivan. She did the traffic. Yeah, early. Yeah, she did. Yeah. and read the news and and oh, uh, was she on when you started? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I thought her. so. Yeah, yeah. I, Marianne Sullivan, very very pleasant person. Yeah, that whole deal. Like I said, a bunch of I got lucky. A bunch of really nice people. Tony Lee, we still talk to once in a while, and it, mm-hmm. it's don't that forget Mark Curtis. Nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brought up markers. <laughs> some of these names just popped into you my head. You know, it's funny. I had completely forgotten about him. How long was he on? Yeah, the I show? don't even know who that is. So he did the sports. He was on about three weeks, I think. Yeah, he, he <laughs> well, that's probably Mark. why he replaced Mark Rosen. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, we went through a period. Until well, how many pass came along? from yeah, the right. time from 1986 to now? How many people would you say have been on the morning show, like on a regular basis? Fifty. Yeah, it's there's really? been a lot. That many. What what happened was well, I mean, would you have to be... consider like even right now, you know, you got a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. you probably got like show. ten different people who are regulars on the show right now. Yeah, it's That's the only true. only morning show in America that ever did that. Yeah, morning shows are three people at the most. Yeah, yep. and for for some reason the KQ morning show has always been like fifty. I think everybody had to have their own. Like when I when I wanted to bring you on the show. Steinmetz was against it. My uh, Dave Hamilton thought it was a great idea. So was, there was always like, well, if you're going to get him, then I get to add a guy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Like a draft choice. Oh, God, you want me to be out here, huh? Yeah. I got to get out. Oh, yes. Michael Gelfand. So next Wednesday. No. Also, I don't think we ever ran the ads. We should probably run the ads. <laughs> so, I'll just, just insert those, those after yeah, the fact. You can insert those later. That'd it's be one fine. one of those days. It really I, look, is. I will look forward to doing an entire hour with you uh, <sighs> next Wednesday if fabulous. that works. Yeah. But it's really nice to see you. And seriously, it, looking back at the beginning of it, it makes me happy because if I see Rosen or you, uh, once in a while I would run in, like I said last year, I ran, in, ran into Marianne Sullivan. Dan Colhane has had a nice voiceover career going. But it does remind me of what it felt like to start that show. Yeah. Because well, I forget. Now. Isn't it great when you're when you're uh, when you don't have to defend, you can just attack? <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. I, just I mean that was what the, that was what it was like That's in the early what it years. Was. Yeah, we, we had nothing to defend. No. For like six months. 100%. And then that was that. And that was the end of that. Yeah. It's true. We'll see you next Wednesday. Great. Thanks, Mike. Thank Mike Gelfan, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over 77 pounds and have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. 
that extra baggage melts away really fast. And one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering. And of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you again to Mike Gelfand for being here the first uh, 15 of this hour and the last 15 of the last hour. Wow. He was I was a, surprised. That was great. I just ran into him in the hall. It was wonderful. He was coming out of Bob's studio, and I ran into him, and, and uh, that is true, by the way. I said, we, we would like you to celebrate our, the 50th year of KQRS by coming on the show. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. I said, well, what time do you want to do it? And he goes, well, I wake up at 10. Nah, the show's over at 9.55. Yeah. So that's gonna, so he's going to come in and do this show for an hour next Wednesday, and we'll play it back mm. on the KQ Morning Show. So I'll throw some call letters in there so that'll feel weird to you. But um, um, Also, we ha- your surprise. You can now reveal your surprise, right? We revealed it this morning. Uh, <laughs> the surprise is the third hour of the show today. Yeah. It is today. What we've done, we, what we did at KQRS, I did an interview on the down low with Steve Perry, I, I don't know how this happened, but he said he would do one interview if he did it with me, which I don't understand how that happened, how he even knew who the hell I was, but he, he wanted to do it. Uh, Jill from the record label was just terrific. Everybody was, as a matter of fact, and thank you, as a matter of fact, to the KQ engineers. Uh, Gary and Connor did a great job. I, the thing sounded wonderful. So what Scott did, it took him six hours to edit down two, two ten-minute segments out of what, what's on there. The whole thing lasted 45 minutes, and he got two ten-minute segments out of it. We played one at 7.10 and the other one at 9.10 this morning. Uh, Steve Perry, uh, as I said, he, he wanted to do one interview. Steve Perry is a very talented guy. He's a great guy. Walking up to him, because I'd never met him before. That's why I didn't know how he knew who I was. But he's a very smart guy, so I think he pays attention to a lot of different things. One of the nicest men I've ever met in my entire life. There are pictures on the KQ website after we're done talking. He comes over, and he hugs me so hard. 
I thought I was going to stop breathing. He was just he's a very emotional, nice man. And I do want to mention this part because it's just so special. He met Kelly uh, when Whoa. she already had stage four cancer. They knew she was going to die, oh. and he fell in love with her anyway. And they were together oh. until the day she died. And when he talks about that, there are a couple of times that you'll hear in the third hour here, there'll be no editing at all. It'll be totally the whole, the entire interview lasted 45 minutes, and it's very raw. Uh, there are a couple of times when, when Steve has to pause talking about Kelly, and he kind of chokes up. There's one part where I had to pause because he was choking me up. Because knowing when you meet someone that they're not going to live very long and still getting involved with yeah. someone like that, it just shows what, what character Steve Perry actually has. Uh, but that'll be the third hour today. It's going to be unbelievable. It, it was such a joy to do it. So, uh, again, I appreciate it, Steve Perry. Lead singer for Journey and, of course, a great solo career. He has done his first album in 25 years. Um, and the first interview he'd done in 27 years. So thank you to Steve Perry. What a nice man. Great guy, as a matter of fact. Speaking of great guys, Steve Long, CEO of Famous Folks Furniture Art Pillows, has met Richard Nixon, Spiro Agnew, Buzz Aldrin, Brian Wilson, Tony Curtis, other famous people, has their autographs to prove it, along with the stories of how he obtained them. Steve, what is this all about? <laughs> Tom, you make me sound so important. Well, yes. Well, yeah. You're a guest on the show. I, I'm not going to say, you know, this guy's a lame-o. No. <laughs> hey, look at Steve Perry and Steve Long. we got two Steves. It's, it's wonderful. It all works out in here. I like it. I like it. Uh, in the age um, of, I'm just going to say, in the I'm age sorry, of selfies, no, in the age of selfies, do people still collect autographs? That's a great question. Um, Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, uh, you know, you can't, uh, Tom. You really can't turn on a a sporting event, football, baseball, uh, whether it's pro or or college. Um, uh, you go to a racetrack, NASCAR. People are always asking the celebrities to sign autographs. I see it all the time. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've watched uh, Tiger Woods uh, autograph golf balls before. <laughs> For about eight hours. <laughs> He's very giving yeah. of himself from what I understand. I saw him once uh, on a golf course, but I did, I've never talked to him, but... I understand he gives as much of his time as he possibly can because he's still an iconic figure, a living icon, and people can't get enough of him. He gives a lot of himself, but eventually he's going to have to go eat or sleep or, you know, that's the only time he walks away, which is pretty amazing. Yep. So how did it, yep, how did it all start with you? Was there that first autograph that you got you thought, this is really cool? Do you remember that? Uh, I absolutely do, Tom, and in fact, I am looking at it, or them, I should say, as we speak. Um, Tom, I am not a professional uh, autograph dealer. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, buy and sell for profit. I just, uh, um, <clears throat> I'm just an amateur who collects for myself, and in 1968, um, summer of 68, I happened to be in San Diego with my family visiting, and I heard that Richard Nixon and Spiro Agnew were going to be giving speeches at Balboa Park. 
in San Diego. And what possesses a 16-year-old to want to go down and, and listen to uh, uh, presidential speeches? I don't even remember how I got there. But, uh, but I have my camera with me and uh, stood out in the audience, and they were up on a platform. Um, and uh, as they left, they both walked by me, and I stuck a program out in front of Spiro Agnew, and I said, would you, uh, would you sign this? And he did. Uh, and Richard Nixon walked by and was headed up towards, uh, towards the hotel. I ran over to a secret service agent, and I said, hey, I just got Spiro Agnew's signature. Would you go get Richard Nixon's for me? And he ran, ran after Nixon, and five minutes later, he came back with uh, Richard Nixon's business card uh, signed by him. Really? Uh, and I still uh, I have him framed. I'm uh, uh, looking at three photos of the two of them with their wives behind them, uh, and both autographs that I had uh, that I had signed. That uh, got me started shortly. After that, Tom, um, I took off for the uh, Philippines uh, as a foreign exchange student for the summer. And uh, what an experience for a 16-year-old. Uh, I happened to end up, um, uh, the main city that I stayed in was Cebu City, uh, on the island of Cebu. Uh, but uh, ended up um, uh, for a visit on um, uh, the island of Mindanao and was fortunate enough to be able to uh, visit uh, Ferdinand Marcos' summer palace uh, there on the island of Mindanao. It was called Malacanang Palace. And I sat in his chair, and uh, he left an autographed photo of himself and Imelda for me. And I still have that, and for whatever reason, it just, uh, it just kind of took off from there. Uh, and I've collected so many different autographs over the years, and uh, most of them are in storage. Um, but I've met uh, along the way all sorts of fascinating people, uh, including uh, Buzz Aldrin. And I have a, I'm staring at a picture of myself with Buzz Aldrin, second man to walk on the moon. Uh, I have my right arm around his right shoulder, and I have several of his autographs and uh uh, met Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys in uh, about 1990. That was a fascinating story. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm telling you, I've, I've met Brian myself, okay. and he is an amazing. He's a very smart man, but some damage has been done. Let me say that. <laughs> is yes. that a fair way to yes. put it? When I um, Tom, when I met him in 1990, I uh, I've been a, a Beach Boys fan. Uh, since I was a little kid, have always loved their music. And, of course, Brian being the, the leader of the Beach Boys, I heard that he was going to be uh, signing his book, um, uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice was the name of the book, in, uh, in about 1990. Uh, I happened to be living in San Diego at the time, and I heard he was going to be signing at uh, San Diego State University. So... I said, I've, I've got to go up there and see Brian. And so I did and um, stood in the back of the room for about a half an hour and just watched him. Couldn't believe I was in the same room with Brian Wilson. <clears throat> and uh, he, he was coming out of his uh, drug days 
Uh, and he looked down. He was sitting at a table with his uh, uh, with his um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, Todd Gold was his writer uh, at the time, and mm-hmm. he was sitting at a table with Todd. <clears throat> with Todd. And he looked down virtually the whole time, just stared down at the at the table. Yeah. Well, there was a a young attendant there. Uh, if you bought, if you purchased his book, <coughs> excuse me, um, and wanted Brian to sign it, uh, she would uh, put it in front of him, and sometimes he would sign it, and sometimes he wouldn't. <coughs> really. <coughs> Um, he would push it away. They would put it back in front of him. Uh, he'd push it away again. They'd put it back in front of him. If he felt like signing it, he would. <clears throat> well, after watching this for about a half hour, I thought, okay, it's, it's my turn. Uh, and so I went up and I purchased the book. And the young attendant uh, asked me, Steve, would you like Brian to sign your book, uh, to sign the book? And I said, yes, but I want him to sign it to Steve Long. And she looked at me and she said, no. No. (laughs) There you go. No. (laughs) No. She said, he's having a tough enough time just signing his own name, much less signing it, personalizing it to you. And I said, well, let's try it. And so she wrote down on a little slip of paper to Steve Long, put the bit, uh, the book in front of Brian along with this little slip of paper. I'm standing on the other side of the table from him. <clears throat> Can't believe I'm three feet away from Brian. And I look down. <coughs> Excuse me, Tom. <clears throat> I look down. You should stop uh, probably smoking pot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said you should probably stop smoking pot, Steve. I'm, you know. <laughs> During the interview, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of these days I will. <laughs> I'll knock it off. Um, <laughs> I like it. Um, look down in time to uh, watch him sign it to Steve Long. Ooh. Couldn't believe it, and then he signed his name, Brian Wilson. Well, I thought to myself, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I will never have this opportunity again, and I'm going to take full advantage of it. And so Brian is still looking down, and I said, Brian, can I shake your hand? And he put his hand out, big hand. We shook hands. I still wasn't done. I said, Brian, i got to tell you, I've been listening to your music all of my life. And I love it. And you have had such a tremendous inspiration. You've been such a tremendous inspiration uh, on me. And I want to thank you for it. And he lifted his head up and he looked me right in the eyes and he got a big smile on his face. And he said, thank you. I couldn't believe it. No, see how nice. (laughs) You know what I find when I talk to Brian Wilson, I've talked to him a couple of times. And what I found is this kind of childlike innocence. He's the nicest man in the world, but I think he took quite a beating as a kid, I'll tell you that. He did. Yeah. He did. I've watched, uh, I've I've read a bunch of books, I've watched a bunch of videos, and 
and his father was uh, was rather cruel to them. Yep. Um, so um, yeah, his uh, his brother said. Uh, well, actually, I watched a, a video of Brian, and he said when his uh, <clears throat> when his dad Murray uh, would uh, beat him with a belt, he'd bend him over the the bathtub and <clears throat> make these uh, terrible noises. <laughs> As he, as he whipped him with a, yeah, as he whipped him with a belt. So, uh, yeah. Well, Steve, had a dramatic impact on him. I will tell you this, Steve. The uh, when I when I last spoke to Brian Wilson, it's been a, a few years now, I think three years. Uh, I talked to him, and then a couple of days later, I got a package from Brian Wilson in the mail, and inside that package was uh, a picture of the Beach Boys, the original Beach Boys. And it was autographed by every one of the original Beach Boys. Um, so he'd had it sitting around for a while because I believe Dennis by then had died. So it was just sitting around his house, apparently, from what I'm told. He sent it to me, and I kept it around for a couple of years. And about six months ago, I gave it to Dana Gould. You know Dana Gould? He's got the, the show uh, Stand Against Evil. Brilliant writer. He was one of the head writers on The Simpsons for years. He played Gex, Andy, and what was that? What was Gex? Uh, Gex was Gex. And Gex was just game Gex. called Gex. But uh, Dana Gould, the very, I, and he is a huge Beach Boys fan, and I gave it to him because it meant so much to him. So what, what Brian did for you and he did for me, and then I had a chance to pass it along, you telling your stories, I did, he did so many things for so many people he doesn't even know about. It's wonderful. Uh, Tom, I have something very, very similar um, that was purchased uh, years ago out of a, a bankruptcy auction. Oh, yeah. Here in Tucson, there was a, um, uh, a, a developer, real estate developer here in Tucson by the name of Conley Wolfswinkle. And Conley... Uh, had the Beach Boys play at a private party of his. Oh, Steve, could I do it? Could I, could I take a very quick two-minute break and just a couple of minutes and come back? Because yeah. I'd love yep. to hear. You can stay with us for another segment, yeah. I hope. Sure, absolutely. We'll be right back more with Steve Long, Thanks. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard, here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. 
So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ooh, look at that. Cassie's playing a little Beach Boy music, huh? Steve Long is with us, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Long, CEO of Famous Folks. That's P-H-A-M-O-U-S-P-H-O-L-K-S. Famous Folks Furniture Art Pillows. He's met Richard Nixon, Spiro Agnew, Buzz Aldrin. We're talking uh, quite a bit about Brian Wilson. It was a great pleasure to, to meet Brian Wilson and to talk to him. Uh, one thing I want to throw in and then want to hear your, your story about a, a piece of uh, collectible that you have. When I was working for Capitol Records, the Beach Boys were on Capitol Records. So they came to the St. Oh, Paul yeah. Civic Center back in the day. <clears throat> and I was back there, and my job was to make sure that the band, you know, got everything they needed or whatever. And I was standing there, and this guy, this very large man comes up to me and says, I need you to stand with your back against the wall across the hall here. I said, what? <laughs> he said, you, need, you, can, you can face me, but you have, your back has to be up against the wall. And I went over and did that, and four very large men, each holding the corner of uh, two sheets. There, so there are sheets all the way around, and Brian Wilson was inside those sheets, and they walked him up onto the stage, and he didn't want anybody to look at him or talk to him. That's, uh, oh, my word. Yeah, it was, it, it was just amazing. Uh, since then, Don Henley has done the same thing. A lot of guys, a lot of performers do that. They don't want anybody to even look at them I before can... they go on stage. I understand. Oh. You do? I do. I would get so sick of people wanting to talk to me. Oh, that's I would. Nice. I would just hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I would. true. I just would not like that life at all. I understand what all. you're saying. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> you know. So, Steve, you were talking about, uh, what was the guy's name? Phineas Furby? What was his name? <laughs> A uh, gentleman by the name of Conley Wolfswinkle. Wolfswinkle. There it is. Uh, W-O-L-F-S-W-I-N-K-E-L. Wolfswinkle. Wolfswinkle. <clears throat> but he had a um, <clears throat> he had the Beach Boys put on a private concert for him on Sunday, November sixth, nineteen eighty three. And I have a framed um, program from that. Uh, Bruce Johnston was with him at sure, the time, yeah. and all all six of the Beach Boys um, not only signed it but uh, personalized it to uh, Conley and Bernadette and uh, Mike Love put on here nice pad and uh, uh, pretty cool. It was purchased out of uh, out of Conley's bankruptcy many years ago by my cousin, and he gave it to me, and uh, I've cherished it uh, ever since. Um, <clears throat> above it in my den is an original Pete Best autograph. Oh man! The uh, um, early drummer from the uh, from the Beatles, and down below it is uh, an original um, uh, early Elton John. Uh, he autographed uh, um, album cover from Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, the edibles can aren't going to be any Can I interject better. here? Um, uh, speaking of the Beatles and drummers, today is the anniversary of Ringo Starr's joining the Beatles 56 years ago. Today? Mm-hmm. Man. Tweeted it out. Unbelievable. Well, wouldn't you know it, um, I'm staring at 
Jeez. <clears throat> I'm staring at an original um, <clears throat> Ringo autographed uh, photo. <laughs> you know, Steve, there's a possibility you're allergic to me. <laughs> no, I've got something stuck in my throat, and I can't seem to clear it. <laughs> well, you're sounding Thank you at all, Tom. Thank you're, you at all. You're sounding fine to me. Uh, it must have taken people bringing you things, but you also going to get them. It, it must be a lot of work, isn't it, Steve? Um, Not really. Uh, not really. Um, uh, I'm looking at um, staring at an original autographed Charlie Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin oh, photo as the uh, little tr- uh, little tramp, and I picked that up in L.A. in the late '80s, <clears throat> and I actually went to this uh, autograph show. I wanted the Honeymooners autograph. Oh yeah, and. And I was standing in line, and I got up to uh, purchase the Honeymooners uh, autographs, and they said, sorry, we just sold the last one, and I was really bummed. Uh, and so I walked over to this table, and I was flipping through these autographs and and all, and I happened to see this uh, Charlie uh, Chaplin. Um, it says uh, he autographed it faithfully, Charles Chaplin. Uh, and... Um, but I was so bummed that I missed that I missed the honeymooners. Uh, that um, I went outside the auditorium where the uh, autograph uh, um, sale was was being held, and I drove off. And I got about a, ten miles down the road, and I thought, "What was I thinking? <laughs> How can you pass up an original Charlie Chaplin?" Yeah. And so I turned around, went back, found it, and uh, purchased it, and have had it ever since. Are those things tremendously expensive? Um, expensive, valuable. Uh, Tom, that's kind of a, it depends. Yeah, I'm sure it does all depend. And um, You know what, what fascinates me about this stuff, and I wonder if you have the same story. Do you remember getting an autograph from a famous person who then died within the next couple of days? Because I've heard of that happening uh, to a lot of people, I guess. Um, I met Tony Curtis, Mm. I don't know, half a dozen years ago um, in Las Vegas. And I have pictures with my right arm around his right shoulder, and he uh, autographed a photo uh, for me, and he died three months later. Yeah, I hear that a lot, that people who collect autographs, there's always someone. Uh, what happened to me, I, it wasn't an autograph session, I interviewed Nancy Culp, the woman who played uh, uh, sure. Jane Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, right. Hillbillies, absolutely. And, and I think this was my fault. She died later that day. So oh. I'm like, man, oh, it's like, whoa. Yikes. So I, I guess I did her last interview with Nancy Culp. She's a very pleasant person, really, really nice, as a matter of fact. But um, oh, wow. I, it is a situation. I, I have one autographed item in my possession, and actually uh, Catherine knows where it is. I don't. But I got an autographed baseball by Brooks Robinson, and okay. I loved Brooks Robinson, just loved him. And 
I walked out front, and my, at the time, seven-year-old son and five-year-old daughter were playing catch without in a very muddy yard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, well, I suppose Brooks Robinson doesn't mean much to them, but I still have it somewhere. It, It is around somewhere. Oh, Catherine doesn't know where it is. I'm sure it is somewhere. (laughs) I just don't know where. Are there people, Steve, that that you've walked up to and asked for an autograph and they were absolute jerks about it? Uh, Can't say I have ever had that happen. Good. Well, see, that's wonderful. Uh, I've heard of that. Many years ago, I was at a yard sale here in Tucson, And there was a baseball sitting there, and I picked it up, and I started looking at it. Well, it was a baseball that was autographed out of the, I want to say, the the 1950s. And it was the New York Yankees. Oh, God. Casey Stengel was on it. Mickey Mantle was on it. Yogi Berra was on it. And I said to the lady who was holding the yard sale, uh, how much do you want for this old baseball? She said, $3. Oh, did you talk I, her down to one? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, just the opposite. I said, I, no, I, I can't give you three bucks for this. I'll give you five for it. And that's what I did. <laughs> oh, that's, well, hey, you know, it's, she almost doubled her money nearly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked her, how did you how did you uh, how did you obtain this? She said, well, my son was a concessionaire here in Tucson oh. um, when the uh, when the Yankees came through years ago, and uh, he obtained it. So that's that's how I ended up with it. I sold it years later because the uh, the autographs were fading. I like the word obtained. That could, obtained, mean, any, that could yes. mean anything. Obtained, <laughs> obtained could mean anything. Here. I like that word. <laughs> well, I obtained it. It was, oh, in other words, you shoplifted. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Oh, Could it, be anything. Do you do you yeah, still? Uh, were you ever able <laughs> to come anywhere near a Jackie Gleason uh, autograph? Uh, you say have I? Yeah, have you? I, I I loved Jackie Gleason. He was one of my heroes. Great songwriter, great actor, great dramatic actor, very funny man. Wonderful TV shows. I loved Jackie Gleason. So, were you able ever able to run across one of those? Uh, Tom, the closest I ever got to Jackie Gleason was the uh, Honeymooners that I missed out on in okay. uh, Las Vegas. But I'll tell you what, um, um, people that I have collected from over the years still send me information, still send me uh, uh, catalogs and all. And if I find a Jackie Gleason, it's yours. Oh, God, I would love that. Did you ever see the 60 Minutes? Mike Wallace was on it at the time. And he interviewed Jackie Gleason a short time before his death. Did you ever see that interview? I did not. Well, you'll love this. If if you love Jackie Gleason anywhere near as much as I I do. And Mike Wallace, by the way, was a tremendous man as well. But they're on 60 Minutes, and they're in Jackie Gleason's uh, amusement room. They're playing pool. And the entire interview, Jackie is drinking whiskey and smoking a cigarette. He's got constantly getting his glass filled with whiskey, and he's smoking a cigarette the whole time. And finally, Mike Wallace got around to saying, uh, Jackie, it's very well known that even though you grew up Roman Catholic as a young Irish boy, that you're now an atheist, you don't believe there is a God uh, that exists. He goes, that's exactly right. 
So Mike Wall said, okay, let's, let's say this, Jackie. Someday you're going to die. What if when you die, all of a sudden you're standing there right before God? What are you going to say? And Jackie took a sip of his drink, took a puff of his cigarette, and said, Sorry, Pally, I was wrong. <laughs> One of the great stories of all time. He was an amazing guy. Sorry, Pally. Call God Pally, which I kind of like calling God Pally. That's a good thing. Uh, well, Tom, when I when I find a Jackie Gleason, and I will, I'm sending it to you. Oh God, that'd be <laughs> wonderful. That'd be amazing. Steve Long, CEO of Famous Folks Furniture Art Pillows, the whole shooting match. Met everybody. Steve, fascinating to talk to you today. I appreciate all your time. Thank you, Tom. I uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I love la- I love laughing a lot, so it all worked out in the end. Steve Long, I love ladies it. and gentlemen. Thank great. you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What a sweetheart of a guy. Very just nice. a yeah. nice man. He was fun. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. He just he had a great sense of humor. That and he kinda like happened upon some of these people, I guess, badger the hell out of stars to get their autograph. Doesn't yeah. sound like Steve does that. No, the only time I will approach a celebrity to get an autograph, if I really want it, will be at an event where I have to pay. Because that's how a lot of them earn their money, especially at, like, conventions like Comic-Con. I mean, granted, it sucks to have to pay $100 for for a photo. Who would you pay $100 for? Oh, God, I don't know. uh, Probably uh, Dave met David Tennant, and I would have loved to have met him. Um, and he got a picture with him. He already has his autograph from a previous uh, convention he saw him at. Uh, th- there's a few celebrities. Just to me, me- but see, I'd rather sit down and just kind of BS with a celebrity yeah, and not I and walk away with nothing, not even yeah. a picture. But um, you know, sometimes you just don't have that opportunity. Sure. So I do have Dave got me something very special. It's one of it's a Star Wars. Uh, picture and it's got the some Carrie Fisher's. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, God, names are escaping me right now. Uh, Mark uh, Hamill. Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Hamilton. I was... Mark Hamilton, very famous. <laughs> with the um, it's Unknown. got Billy D. Williams. Oh, signature right. on it. That Do you have played. the original Alec Guinness, Obi Wan Kenobi? I don't. I can't remember all the names on it. There was like yeah. four or five oh, of them on there. That's so, and cool. that one's very special to me because I'm Carrie Fisher was kind of my idol growing up as a kid. And, she did a wonderful interview. I interviewed her about twenty yeah. times, and she was great. Well, to see her as a because I was very tomboyish, so to see mm-hmm. somebody that yeah. was pretty but tough. Mm-hmm. You know, in that role, it was very. I connected with her very well as a child. So excellent. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in the third hour, the uncut, completely unedited, uncut interview that I did on Monday with Steve Perry. Steve's got a new album coming out called Traces on October fifth. Uh, no Racing is the lead song, the first song that'll be released from it. Steve asked to be interviewed by me. I still, not, to this day, do not know how he even knew who I was. He did a magnificent interview, and you're going to hear the whole uncut thing in the third hour. Tom Bernard Show.